welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. There's a lot to love and hate this week. It's very exciting. I actually have something to talk about this week. You have news. Thing, things have happened to me. Like I said, was it the last podcast when I was like, oh, I need to actually start running again so things can happen and I'll have content. Yeah. Well, get ready, everyone. Push those earbuds <sighs> a little bit further in and get ready for this. Amy, what happened to you? Well, the first thing. Okay, there's, there's multiple things oh that God. happen. This is what happens when you start running. So the first thing is, so yeah, I started to build up my mileage again. Brilliant. Yay. I set out last Sunday for a 13 miler, you know, which is a, probably like the f- furthest I ran in, in like months, probably about six months, but I was feeling good. Four miles in, I fell over. Yay. And the thing is, like, I've fallen over like a few times before running, um, but this was like a proper, like, yeah, this was hard. I fell over. That's the hardest <laughs> I've ever fallen over running. And it's it's funny because as I'm running, I like to sort of, um, you know, take some pictures for Instagram and stuff. Yeah, you do. And literally, probably about four minutes, five minutes before I fell over, I took this picture um, just of, you know, beautiful Cardiff Bay. And I put it as the caption, my legs are feeling really heavy this morning. <laughs> and then, almost like at the four mile mark, I like stumbled. And if my legs weren't feeling so tired, it's one of those stumbles where you'd be able to like just write yourself. Because yeah. I'm always in those little stumbles. Because I couldn't write myself, my legs just started going faster and faster. <laughs> the point where I was sprinting, and then I fell. <laughs> And seriously, the sound, and I heard it through my music, was like, like that on the floor. And then, as I like scraped and skidded, I skidded. Nice. I fell with such force, I fell like whack, and then I skidded. And it's on like, it was on like really um, smooth uh, slabs. Yeah. So I had burns on oh. my, all along my, I've still got a mark. Oh, you have, yeah. I've still bit, got a mark. Sure, that's good. It hurts so bad. And I got up and it hurt, because I've fallen over, I think like, three times like properly fallen like three times before and, and each time I've just sort of got up and thought that hurt a bit but I'm okay this time I, it took, took a moment and yeah. I was like do I actually need to go home because <laughs> it hurt so bad but I carried on was so, it somewhere yeah. with CCTV it wasn't but there was oh. somebody like slightly further behind me so I started running again because I thought I don't want them to catch up I don't yeah. want them to catch up and ask if I'm okay because it's so embarrassing <laughs> luckily no one saw me but yeah it was it was just one of those where I just kept getting faster and faster. And when I eventually fell, it hurt so much more than if I'd just fallen in the first instance. Yeah. It's awful. But I would like to hear if any other runners, because it got me thinking, I wonder if anyone else has fallen over. And what's your worst fall? Yeah. Is what I'm really interested in hearing about. I think everyone's had a bit of a fall. Yeah. But that sounds like a good dramatic one. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's had like a really bad fall, or well, not even bad in terms of pain, like maybe it was particularly embarrassing. Oh, yeah. So painful in terms of ego. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I want to hear about as well. So you're straight in there with a the story and a call to action. Oh, this is solid. But you know what? After I did it, I thought, I can talk about this on the podcast. Yes. And I can get the tweeters. I thought, I'm already, you know. So happy about that. Yeah. Well done. So that was my first thing that happened. Then I had um, a race. That was on Sunday Just Gone. So the fall was actually a week ago. So two weeks ago was the fall. The great fall of 2019 yeah. was two weeks ago. Last week, I did a 10K race. I sort of, uh, which was the Cardiff Bay 10K I sort of set out and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take it easy because, you know, I'm still not feeling like I'm ready to build up speed yet. I don't want to get injured again, foreshadowing what I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about in a moment. Um, but the weather was kind of nice. Did you do that race? Or did you just I supported. Spe- yeah, you supported. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> I didn't, you know what, no one saw me when I was running around. And I don't... You know, no, I don't think I actually saw you. No, no one... Well, let me just tell you about the race first. So, okay. you know, the race conditions were perfect, really, like... There was not much wind. We'll come back to that. It was cold. I thought it was perfect. So I just went for it. I just, you know, the first after the first mile, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Sorry. And I got a 10k PB. Hey. 
Yeah, but the thing is, no one saw me, and I'm in none of the pictures. <laughs> like, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, I didn't see you. Like, Did you give your number to someone else? Are you full it's of shame? You know what? No one saw me, and I thought, I, took, you know I was what? there taking photos of everyone yeah. that ran past. So, like, I looked on the CDF page, and, like, no photos. Were you in your club t-shirt? Yes, yeah. That's all I was looking t-shirt. for. I stopped looking for faces, because I, I went oh completely face-blind after yeah. five minutes. I was just looking for that t-shirt, and I didn't see you. No one saw me, okay? And then, I thought, you know what, I'm going to prove to people I did from this. I had that little email come through from um, the, the, the race itself, yeah. saying, no photos of me. So I clicked on that button, you know, you can click on that button and yeah. see, like, the, the photos where people are, like, slightly covering their number or yeah. whatever. I trawled through all those photos. <laughs> There's nothing. It's like I didn't exist. It's like I wasn't actually there. So, do we think Amy ran this race? <laughs> there is some doubt. If you're at Cardiff Bay 10K and saw me, please, please let me know because I'm beginning to question whether I ran this race. Or I'm whether not sure you did. It was just a dream, whether that PB was real. So, I do exist on the. Uh, this is another like you know, this is a quest for that marathon investigates guy. I think yeah, he's like, absolutely. did Amy actually? She's missed these timing maps. Did she? Was she actually there? I'm sending it to Derek. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting you looked at. Okay, let's talk about the weather. It was fucking freezing. It was amazing. It was yeah. horrible. It was perfect. It was the disgusting. Fir- the first year I did it, which I d- was it a similar time of year, the f- two years ago, yeah. and it was boiling hot, and I got a PB then, and I felt like I was freaking dying. Yeah, the last few years has been so, really hot. So dehydrated. By the end of this one, like I was tired, but I felt still felt okay. I wasn't like drenched in sweat or anything. I was uh, standing between Liz and SBC, and we were all like huddled up together. I was just standing there oh. with my phone, ready to take <laughs> photos. The thing is, I wasn't even seeing people at one point. They were just saying, like, there's someone. I just start tapping my phone. Who was that? Who was that? And I've got all these random photos of no one. Yeah, but not me. Because so. no, you don't exist and you didn't I run. I don't exist. You're a cheat. So that was the good thing that happened. And then it's sort of a shit sandwich, really. Or was it like, well, the shit's like the bread and then the good bit's in the middle. Because after that... This is the wrong type of sandwich. Yeah, That's it was just a, yeah. So I had the... I mean, there's no good shit sandwich. The shit... There there's was, still shit in there. There was the shit thing. Well, the shit's the bread. So there was like the shit thing, the shit, good you thing. You don't want shit to be bread. Then, you could never... <laughs> Come on, that wouldn't work. And then there was another shit thing. Okay, good. That's what I mean by like a shit sandwich. Yeah. Was, um, yeah, so I, then I went out for, I left it a couple of days, you know, give my legs a rest. Went out for a run on Wednesday and yeah, I seem to have picked up some other sort of like knee type of injury. Wee. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's been my sort of two weeks of running. It's been a roller coaster. It's ups and downs a- there. It's been an absolute roller coaster. So now I'm sort of having, I've had to rest my, my legs for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. maybe if I can be bothered going out for a bit of a test to run after this very podcast mm-hmm. and see how things are. But it could be, you know, back square up one. Maybe. This is what happens when you run. It's, it you know, it's all just shit. It's a terrible <laughs> hobby. So, Stuart, I know you're dying to tell us about your race report. I, I think you need to just explain from start to finish what, sort of the whole premise of the race and stuff because I haven't heard of it before and I'm sure many of our listeners haven't as well. Well... I would really like to get them on as guests actually to explain some of the background of it because mm. I don't know too much about it. But the race I did yesterday, sort of a race, guess it was, uh, it was called Darth Mannion. I don't exactly know why. It has kind of a weird Star Wars theme to it. And mm. they just said actually they've had to change their branding and their logo because Disney got in touch and said, don't fucking do that anymore. What do, does it mean something? Is it a per- I think, like named after a place? Or I like... think it's after a person. There is a, a person, person who is Darth Mannion. Jeez. I don't really know why. Again, I, I kind of missed that. There was a whole Star Wars themed after party. Don't know why I didn't stay for that. Anyway, um, it's an off-road race, but it's done in pelotons. So instead of just being let off in a normal wave, uh, there were six different pelotons from, let me think, there were tenderfoots, mortals, in-betweeners, indefatigables, unbreakables, and immortals. 
and they went off in reverse order. So the, the so how are those defined by like the, uh, they're not not by time. It was just kind of by description. I so you had the, to choose. Like, yes. Oh, so you yeah, chose, yeah. You, you choose which one you want to go in. Like the the immortals are the the top really really good guys. They're racing. They are you know that's you know under one thirty half people probably quicker mm-hmm. and especially trail runners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the indefatigables. Because that was, I think that was, they said, maybe, you know, you're really comfortable running a half marathon mm-hmm. and you're used to trails and hills, but, you know, you perhaps haven't done too much of that together. So we're in the third out of six groups. This was me and um, SPC. It goes off in pelotons. Instead of just being a normal wave, there's people at the front with a flag of each peloton and you're not allowed to go ahead of them in your peloton. Right. So I kind of had the impression that everyone would be running together in a group, mm-hmm. but it didn't quite work out that way. The group before us, the in-betweeners... They went off, and that was a huge group. You do a lap of the field first over some hay bales, and they spread out. There was, must have been a hundred in that group, and they really spread out. We hit those some of those tail runners in the woods because it went down into the woods, uh, through some rivers and along some rivers as well, like splashing through loads of mud, and then like right in the river, down the river for like fifty yards, and then out, out again. We started catching people. Uh, it got really really narrow, so we were overtaking, and and we we lost the flag. We lost the guys at the front pretty quickly, but that was kind of okay. Because then it just kind of all mixes in and you're overtaking people constantly that, from the back markers. Mm. And eventually the people from behind us started catching us up as well. So that's really interesting. But the, the real kind of point of that is I think for the immortals, they're not allowed to overtake the front marker, which means that kind of sets the pace for the whole thing. Mm. And I did see them, a few of the obstacles, they did stop and wait for them, wait for everyone to catch up and right there off again. And I think they got to race the last mile and a half. So it's kind of a, it'd be really interesting. I'd love to see, uh, hopefully they they had a drone. I hope they got some drone footage from the mm. front. I'd love to see that race for the end because mm. they were running so quick. They caught us up uh, about halfway and they started 20 minutes behind us. So it's a trail race. As I said, there are rivers, there is mud, there's some really long hills, there's some quite tough traily kind of hills, mm. fields, all that kind of thing. Some of the best parts though, dipping in the sea. In there the should sea. have been three, but there were only two for some reason yesterday. I think they skipped one for some reason. But yeah, you have to run down to the sea, dip your whole body in, and then back out again. And if you don't dip your whole self in, they make you go back and do it again. Oh my god. It was hilarious. Was it cold? Was it like freezing? Yes. So the rivers were pretty cold. The rivers were quite nice and refreshing because it was mm. a fairly warm day. But my feet started to get a bit cold because we had to kind of queue in the river as well. Because we got it was really crowded. It was really crowded in the first section. So we did have to queue for a little while. Feet got a bit cold. So that was okay. But then running down into the sea, I, for some reason I just made the mistake of... You know, because the sea in here in South Wales, obviously it, the tide goes out a long way. You can run for 50 yards into the sea and it's still only eight inches. Mm-hmm. So you just throw yourself in. So I just threw myself in face first. Uh, I've kind of got a mouthful of sand and seawater and then just like running out of the sea, really heavy, everything dripping, covered in salt water. My sinuses just pouring out. It was pretty gross. And then carry on running. And then there was that massive dune, uh, massive uh, hill to get up on sand. So we just walked all of that. But there weren't um, like any man-made obstacles apart from the hay bales. Uh, no, the... no. Um, the, yeah, so there was a sea, river. The worst, possibly the worst thing about it was the sheep dip, which kind of is what it sounds. It was a little Jeez. pond in the middle of a sheep field and it was very brown. Right. And, yeah. and you think, okay, fine, it's going to be pretty nasty. And you step into it and your feet sink an extra 18 inches and you're like, that's all shit, isn't it? That is all shit. The only reason I can't see all of that shit is because all of the liquid shit above it. And there was like little kids there, there's a little island there, and the little kids are like, touch the island, touch the island. So you're kind of wading across, like squelching, and like the closest I've been to losing a shoe in like a couple of feet of mud, touch the little island and just get out again. Like, oh my God, that was, 
Like genuinely, if someone had fallen over in that and swallowed any, they would have been Jesus. ill. So that was yeah. a real worry about. Or any cuts, cuts, yeah. Like any open I mean, we did get to go and you get run in the sea again afterwards, so that cleans oh, you clean off, but still off, covers yeah. you in salt as well. Yeah. Then there were some big hills towards the end. There were some men dressed up in bikinis cheering us on. So yeah, it it kind of sounds like a fairly well, sort of a standard trail race, but with sea and river mm. and uh, nothing to climb really. Kind of climbing up out of the rivers. But the kind of big thing about it for us, though, was the amount of support there. Because they said mm. at the beginning, it's a community thing. You know, they've got their club and this race. And it genuinely was. I mean, mm. I talked last time about how I did this trail race on the coast, which cost a fair bit of money. And I don't really see what I paid for. This was kind of the same in a way, because I think it's all open trails. Mm. Um, it cost £55, Gosh. which is quite expensive. Yeah, 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 for a trail But there was a, there was a nice medal. There was a nice T-shirt. Mm. And it genuinely was a community thing. People were, everyone that ran it was so encouraging. Mm. there was just random people out uh, cheering you on there were kids everywhere you know I hate kids but <laughs> even the kids out were really nice they were all really polite they were all cheering us on they were handed out medals at the end and it really was everyone you overtook would say something to you mm. and it was really really nice actually so it's it's such a good race to do I really do recommend it but it's not kind of a race I don't think it was timed again but it kind of doesn't matter Yeah. I think if I did it again I wouldn't want to do it on my own. I'd definitely want to do it in a group Mm. or with someone else again. Mm. It's definitely that kind of race. You need to experience it with people because it's so stupid. Yeah. That is the real big thing about it. Uh, Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I kind of hated all those other things, obviously, about it as well. Best bit, you remember I said the other week about how the end of a race, you want something good to eat. Yeah. As soon as I crossed the line, well... As soon as I crossed the line, I was handed a can of Carling. Like, nah, <laughs> nah, you're right. That's fine, thanks. But then someone else comes up. Do you want some soup and bread? Fucking yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh my God, I wasn't even cold, but I'm just sitting there. I, you know, I kind of sat down. The first thing I saw after the finish line, I was just like scooping out the soup with this lovely, lovely bread. Like, this is so good. It's really <laughs> lumpy vegetable soup. Oh, oh it's so good. Yeah, way better. than I'd rather down a thing of soup than, you know, Yeah, I didn't, go, I didn't go for the food. Carling. No, Jesus. Yeah, I always think people are like, oh, I'm going to have a nice beer when I get finished. I'm like, nah, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Right? I think a lot of the people there, because it was at a rugby club, I think potentially it, it attracts that kind of rugby lad kind yeah, of crowd a yeah. little bit because of the challenge aspect of it. Yeah. So it wasn't kind of laddie, but there were there were quite a, a lot of men. It was very much majority mm. men race because we were looking at the beginning to see if there's any other women in our, in our peloton. I think there was only four others out of about 30, oh, 35. Right. So, so they, yeah. do they cap it at a certain number then? I don't think so. No, so as I just... said, the, the group between, before us, the in between us, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. They really spread out, you know, around the first, mm-hmm. even just around the um, the opening lap, and we caught mm-hmm. them up in about five minutes as well. Oh, definitely. That sounds like something I would like to enter next time because I've done like a mud run before, yeah. but all the like the um, obstacles and stuff, I'm like, there's some fucking monkey bars or whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've done a couple of obstacle races. I found them a little kind of tedious. Yeah. Have I told the story of the mud run when I did it with my brother at Twilight so. Room on the podcast? If she has, I'm sorry, I don't remember things. Well, yeah, this is. Uh, I'll be it's repeating it. Yep. Yeah, so, um, so I did a mud run with my brother called the Twilight Run, which is in Leicestershire. It might still be on a very good race actually if you're into mm-hmm. those sort of things. You know, typical sort of um, muddy and with obstacles. You know, mm-hmm. your standard fare. It's called the Twilight Run because you do it as the sun setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you try and beat the sun sort of thing. Uh, but usually you end up running in the dark because it's, you know, it sets pretty quickly. Um, so I did it with my brother and my brother is very short-sighted and he wears glasses. So you can probably see where this is going. So, you know, he's not wearing contacts, he's wearing glasses. Um, and we get to, this is a 10k race. We get to the 
2k mark and there's this um like this pond that you've got to wade across mm. and it was really deep like it went, went up to almost um my, my neck well, so like three feet then yeah <laughs> everyone else was just up to their you know shins but yeah. it was me i was like ah God. um need my sort of uh swimming bands on um my brother gets up to the pond first and this kid goes oh do a belly flop and my brother just being he's a, you know a bit of a show off sometimes so he runs up does a belly flop glasses are gone he emerges yeah. from the pond no glasses on his face yeah and what happened from then onwards was basically 7k or no so between like 7 or 8k of me basically being his guide runner and as it got dark he couldn't see anything <laughs> and i've never in my life been so relieved to finish a race it took yeah. us so it was 10k what should have taken us with the obstacles probably you know about an hour and a half yeah took us probably i had no idea what time it was probably about two and a half hours because it was just me like guiding him through muddy fields and telling him when like like certain obstacles were coming up it was just a nightmare an absolute nightmare so ever since then I've said never again and when I finished I can remember Taylor Swift um, 22 was, was playing oh. no no not the actual you know it wasn't right. a live performance but I can remember the song in my head at the finish line because I was so relieved and I just I just had to have a woman cut my shoes off as well because they were so muddy <laughs> Cut your shoes off. Well, cut the laces off. Jesus. <laughs> it was just a whole. It was a whole thing. It I've was never a whole, heard of yeah. that. That's amazing. <laughs> the first aid woman, I was like, "Can you cut my laces off? I can't get them off. I just want to go home." So she cut my laces off. So yeah, it was. Just, <laughs> it was the whole yeah. So uh, yeah, if you, you if you're running and you're short sighted, don't do a belly flop. Please don't. A pond. No. Yeah. So that's that's my murderous story. Wow. <laughs> that's some, that's some top bullshit there. Well yeah. done. Yeah. I've done survival of the fittest a couple of times. I'll probably talk about that another time. Um, but yeah, the belly flop. I did do the belly flop into the sea a couple of times, and of course it was only like eight inches deep. So yeah. obviously just smashed my face yeah. straight into the seabed. Yeah. And the first time I popped up, I had my um, I had my GoPro with me, so I'd taken it off my head. But my, uh, I had a sweatband on. As soon as I came, my head came out, it was just straight over my eyes. So I just came out of the sea and everything was black. I was like, ah, ah. Oh, wait, no, it's fine. But fantastic race. Darth Mannion, it's in uh, the Gower in South Wales. Definitely look it up. I said it, it's a bit pricey, but actually the, the money does go to Wales Air Ambulance. Oh, that's good. So it's really, really good. So definitely look it up. It's really, really good fun. Now we've had a message. James has been in touch on Facebook to talk about how he was feeling a bit dodgy in December. He still felt shit by January, so he went to his doctor. Long story short, he's now got a carbon alloy heart valve. That's really cool. I mean, yeah. It, it, that is really cool. <laughs> it, it, it's horrible. He had to have open heart yeah, surgery yeah, within yeah. a few weeks of seeing his GP. But he's got a carbon alloy heart valve. That's I cool. I mean, would that beep through airport security? Because that would be a cool thing to tell the security people. I don't know whether alloy, Ooh, probably carbon not. alloy He beeps. says you can hear it when it's quiet. That's really cool. You can hear yeah. it clicking open and close. I was thinking you just go, oh, sorry, that's just my carbon alloy heart valve, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so basically he's just saying, you know, he's a week into rehab physio now. So this one is, we said before at physio, Bloody listen to your physio, especially if you've just had open heart surgery. Please listen to your physio. Yes. Uh, he wanted to point out it's not like a scare story, as his case was actually really, really rare. And he may even make the British Medical Journal, which is pretty cool. But he just want to say, not only is it possible to recover from illness and injury, uh, it kind of just highlights how important it is to be sensible and seek extra help. Like if you've been ill for a while and it's not going away, you do need to go and see someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't. I think some people are scared too because they're like they're scared the GP's going to say, well you've got to stop running but there's yeah. like even people with heart conditions a lot of them depending on yeah. the heart condition of course but I know people with heart conditions that still run yeah of course well he, he'll be running in a few weeks yeah. time yeah exactly um, and, and he also said that chicks dig scars so he's pretty happy with that worth it okay. I'm sure they dig it when you say yeah I've got carbon you know yeah. carbon. and he did say that he was um, 
he said that after I mentioned I was going for an ECG a few episodes ago. I don't think I actually mentioned last time. I completely forgot. <laughs> I just didn't go. I feel really bad. I booked this up months ago because these like these sell out really quick. On well, a sell out, they get booked up really quick, and I just I just clean forgot. I got to the next day. I looked at my phone. It said ECG. I was like, oh shit! I felt so bad about it then because he's just got all this whole story about how he had open heart surgery. So perhaps I need open heart surgery. Perhaps I don't know now. Oh. Well, you'll know for next time. You'll be like. You'll be there. Yeah, I will be, yeah. <laughs> so um, hopefully, James, you get better soon. And we'll see you back at our club soon, actually, as well, hopefully. Um, but yeah, go to your doctor if you're feeling shit. That's kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the tweets. And we tweeted last week and asked you in a poll, how much of a proper trail runner are you? 47% of people have had a wild wee. 22% of people have had a wild wee and a wild poo. Wow. And 31% have had neither. The wild wheat and wild poo is high. Were there just just a wild poo option? No one had just a wild poo. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you've had a poo, you've had a wee. (laughs) I mean, they kind of come together anyway, in some ways. Um, Where would you fall in that, Amy? I I voted never. Never. Really? Neither. Neither. No, no. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. No, but I haven't done probably enough trail running, so... No, so we've got some good proper trail runners out there. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. Thank you for letting us know that. Um, we also asked, what's the shortest run you've had to go for a poo? Dave Sinclair said it was nine miles, and that's only one of two times. He also enjoyed how our guest last week, Reese, utterly repulsed the king and queen of vulgarity. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's a nice title. Yeah, our new titles, definitely. Thank you very much. Yeah, we are pretty gross. And uh, yeah, even Reese managed to gross us out quite a lot. Nine miles isn't really a short, shortish. You know, it's not very short. So fair, fair enough if you're having a shit after just yeah. nine miles. You know, if you're out for like a one or two mile quick run and you have to go for a poo, that's an that, issue. Yeah, 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 you probably should have set off. But yeah. but utterly repulsed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I was. Well, maybe. I, yeah, I think I was quite repulsed. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> Thinking bad. Thinking Yeah. So Angela Foster Swales. So at Sparkly Ange said Reese is definitely very inspiring and so humble. Proper laughed at the poo bag section. <laughs> yeah, this was last week's guest, uh, Reese Jenkins, uh, the ultra runner. He was fantastic. He came up with some excellent stories, uh, including the, uh, if hopefully everyone's seen it on Facebook and Twitter now, the extra wee story that I posted as well. It didn't get into the podcast. Posted it as a separate video. You definitely need to go to Facebook or Twitter and see that. Yeah, definitely check that out. And he was very inspiring. You know, we had that whole podcast about how, you know, inspiration it. is bullshit. And then we had him come on. And it's like, oh, actually. Oh, shit, he really is. Yeah. yeah, he is quite inspiring. Damn it. He doesn't post enough memes on, like, you know, like, how, you know, um, he hasn't got inspiring to... images and stuff. He hasn't got anyone to take a photo of him, like, no. jumping over a log with no. their little quote in the air behind him. Laughing everyone on the couch, you know? Mm. Laughing everyone on the couch running around Iceland. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, our New Zealand listener, Emma McRae, she's, list- she's uh, tweeted us again. I, g- I get to practice my New Zealand accent again. Oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> Emma thinks the best finishing spread was the Roman run where you got tea and sandwiches and the mayor shook your hand at the finish. I think you need more practice. <laughs> yeah. See, in my head, when I did this like a few days ago, it sounded fine. And then I didn't do it out loud, so I just assumed it would be fine. But anyway, she's right. I did that race with her and we got tea and sandwiches at the end of this 16-mile run. And yeah, she got to shake hands with the mayor. That was nice. Yeah, what, mayor was literally just shaking hands with everyone yeah. who finished. Yeah, you got your medal, shake hands from the mayor. <laughs> and then you got tea and sandwiches. He's got loads of medals, or was it a she? I shouldn't uh, be so sexist. I can't remember. Whoever it was, they, yeah. they they get to wear that whole thing, don't they? Oh yeah, we didn't the get ulti- one of those. The ultimate medal. The ultimate medal. <laughs> so Brian O'Donoghue on Twitter, so at Hereford Bry. 
has just signed up for his first half marathon and has chosen the Cardiff half. Good choice. So, but I think he's a bit sad that Stu won't be there and um, and that I haven't even signed up yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did actually say that, like that was part of the one of the reasons he chose Cardiff half was because of us and we've talked about it and like yeah sorry I'm not going to do it well Brian I have signed up you now. have signed up literally when I read that tweet I just went oh yeah I need to sign up for Cardiff Half oh, well done. and I, I signed up because it is um, it's selling out I assume very soon may even yeah. by the time this podcast goes out it may have sold out but in typical sort of keeping on brand I left it to the last minute well done and I'm probably going to be unprepared when I run it so very likely you know I'll be in Inverness so I'm not even doing it oh, um, and Brian says missing your home half is BS which is possibly true, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Cardiff Half is fantastic as well. It it's is a, a really great good race. One. Yeah, I'll be up doing... I'm not actually going to do the Loch Ness Marathon. I'm just going for a jolly. So you're not even running it. You're no. missing Cardiff Half and you're not even running it. I know, it. it's bad, isn't it? No excuse. I'm sorry. VBL, who's at VBL1986, just listened to episode eight and nine. Only eight and nine? Come on, VBL. Catch up. Uh, that was Iron Girl and Running Wankers of Bullshit. And would like to announce her very own world record. Hey. VBL has smashed the world record for 10k as me on this particular day. I mean, that's a huge record. That's what does massive. that mean? When we talked about the world records, they're yeah. like shit world records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's got her own world record as herself. I don't understand. Like This she's... is the fastest time anyone who is her <laughs> on that day has run a 10k. That, yeah. That's a huge world record. Yeah, well done. Guinness are going to love that one. (laughs) What inspiration. Um, And if she's listened to episode 11 yet, she'll know what we think of inspiration. (laughs) Hopefully she has by now. That's fantastic. I do love it when like Strava's like, this is the fastest you've run this or that. I'm like... It's not. Yeah, great. It's probably not though. And I'm probably going to run it faster in a race. You tell me every training run every time it runs quite fast. Not that it pops off yet. Oh, this is Sparkly Ange again. Sparkly Ange is back in touch. Um, so they're back with more complaining and they want to talk about uh, crap women's race t-shirts hello boobs, hips and tum and if you're a larger runner it either won't fit or someone will have taken your size which you ordered well in advance while you're still running yeah we've talked about race t-shirts a lot yeah it's just it's bullshit I did notice that Cardiff 10k they were checking on your um, race bib it had Mm. your size t-shirt on it oh good idea so like I went up to the extra small and I said extra small and she like looked at my bib first. So you'd hope to correspond with that they've all they've ordered the correct amount yeah. for everyone running. It's a good idea. Not a difficult thing to do. No, no, it makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not I've never seen that before in a race, yeah. so that's yeah, makes sense. Actually speaking of that, um something I saw the other day, there was a race somewhere. <laughs> uh it was like a swimming and running kind of events place. Um and they put out a tweet to say would people be willing to pay less if they didn't get a medal or to give, be given that option? Mm. Uh, and I was like, yes, absolutely. A lot of people on there obviously were saying, no, I really, really want a medal there because mm. their medals are really good as well by the look of it. Yeah. But then obviously a lot of people, as we've talked about, would love to not have a medal and pay less. Some people literally just chuck their medals away. Yeah. They're not bothered. Like, I like a medal. Um, I like a good medal. Yeah, a good medal. I don't like a shit yeah. medal. Yeah. But like, I get like lots, of, especially like people who are like really competitive when they're running yeah. and see it like really like as a sport and stuff like yeah. that. They're not bothered about a medal unless they've won, like yeah. unless they've placed. But I'd happy pay a pound or two pounds less to not get yeah. a medal. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm happy to pay extra for a medal. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. not extra, you know what I mean? Like extra than the people who aren't yeah. paying for a medal. Like that's fine. It's a good idea. I like that. VBL has been in touch again about a tweet from ultra runner Camille Heron who was complaining about race websites not having the race start time clearly displayed and using countdown clocks instead. Ugh. Oh, God. Just put put the time on the front page at the top 
first yeah. thing people see is the date and the time. It's not that hard. That's all you need. I love those race websites where it's just really big on the front page. Yeah. Like the, the date. Just the date. That's all you need. The date and the time. Like, just really clearly, like a banner. And was it... I think Swansea Half Marathon. I think that was one I've done before. Where you just had the date and the time, like yeah. really clearly on the front page. May not have it this year. I don't know, but yeah. And not countdown to race. Sixty-two days, fourteen hours, and nine getting, minutes, and three seconds. Getting your calendar out and counting. What does that time. mean? <laughs> um, Camille tweeted that as well with the gif. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, it's <laughs> too much maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Date. Come on. So um, James L O'Reilly on Twitter found some classic bullshit on a race info page. So five weeks out, it says, what time do the races start to be confirmed? Yet under where is the race, it says it starts at 9am. Yeah. Great. <laughs> five weeks out and you haven't updated your FAT. To be confirmed. Like, as soon as you book the race. You have a time. As soon as you write to the council and say, this is what time, this is when the race God. is going to be. Okay, especially if this is a road race. If yeah. this is like somewhere on an open trail or whatever, it's annoying. But I suppose, yeah. But if this is a road race, they know what time they're starting. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Yeah, no, that is bullshit. Yeah, that's some of the, the bullshit that you've been through this week. If you want to send us your bullshit, please tweet us at runningisbs. We always want to hear that. Or you could uh, search for us on Facebook, uh, Running Is Bullshit. It's time now for the Bullshit Running News. Bullshit. Bullshit. Really? News. I wasn't prepared for that. No. I'm never prepared for like, that. I was like, shit, what? I do the intros, don't I? It's not as if most weeks you spend <laughs> ages uh, practicing beforehand. They're getting a bit samey though. That's why I need to sort of like mentally prepare myself and yeah. sort of go into different genres. And it, it always starts off with like, like why do you think of something? Like quick stool, stool. A metaphor for my life. So first up, um, we have two stories from China today. Yeah, We're very all, international. It's all going on in China. It's all kicking off in the Chinese. If you're listening world. in China, uh, probably don't listen. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so a Chinese runner has been banned for life at the Shuju Marathon after being caught cycling <laughs> part of the course. So official t- officials told her to dismount, but she got back on her bike later on. <laughs> That's cheeky. But the, the great thing about this is she still crossed the line in five hours, 38 minutes. That's like pretty much most people could achieve that. If, if you're going to cheat, get a good time. Yeah. Like on a bike, like most people running could achieve that, you know, a five yeah. hour marathon finish, five hour, 38 marathon finish. It's like you know? cheating at parkrun and doing it in 32 minutes. Yeah. Well, so what? <laughs> like, what's the point? You know, you hear quite a few um, stories about cheating at marathons coming out from China mm. at the moment. Um, I'm not sure whether it's because perhaps more people are getting into running there. So as obviously as the field gets wider, naturally more people are willing to cheat. Yeah. I think it, it's, a, it's a much younger sport there, it seems. Yeah. So people don't have kind of the experience and the etiquette maybe and they yeah, don't think maybe. it matters as much. Yeah, so it says here that more than 250 cheats at the Shenzhen half in November. Yeah. And I've also heard of other stories on... Um, on uh, Runner's World in particular, about various sort of marathons and half marathons yeah. in China, where there tends to be a lot more cheating than you'd often get in sort of um, marathons in America or the UK, yeah. where, of course, cheating happens. But yeah, it seems to be on a mass scale. I think that's the thing, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we said before as well, that's kind of a risky thing to do in China as well, because of their kind of social thing now where they film everyone all the time yeah, and the, the yeah. social scoring they do of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're caught cheating in a marathon, that's going to give you a bad score, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't... Yeah. That's a risky thing to do in China. I love that, though. The whole, like, how she was on the bike in the first place, which... Get off know. the bike. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fair cop. Yeah. 
Back on the bike. Back on the bike. Still did it in five hours, 38 minutes. Like, what was she doing on the bike? Like, was she just cycling really slowly? She got lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of China, a race in Chongqing was disrupted after a helicopter filming it got too close and blew barriers into the runners. I haven't seen a video, unfortunately, but I've seen some photos God. and it's actually really funny. The helicopter hovered over the course and there's footage of runners pushing the barriers out of the way with at least one injured. Somebody could have died. Like... Yeah, I mean, okay, the guy's got injured. I'm sorry about that. I don't mean to laugh at someone being injured in that way. But it's it's kind of funny still. It, yeah, it doesn't sound like they were injured that, you know, that let's, badly. Let's that. It makes sense. Like life-threatening injuries. But... Come on. Don't, you go in a helicopter, don't get too close. And if it's starting blowing things into people, just go up a bit. You can just imagine the guy on the camera like, oh, no, just get a bit closer, get a bit closer. We've got to get this really good shot. No, just, just I want to see the whites of his eyes. Like... The whites of his eyes getting smacked in the face yeah. by an advertising hoarding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Okay, so we're going from China to Scotland now. So one of the roads at the Cape Wrath Marathon is so badly potholed, Scottish Athletics requested that the race be reclassified as (laughs) multi-terrain. It says, tough look if you um, want to get a PB, as this won't be technically classified as a road marathon um, due to the IAAF rules about courses having sealed roads. Yeah. That's fair enough, though, I think, because I never thought about this, but there must, in, in like the professional sort of side of things, you must have to classify what is a road race and yeah. what is a trail race or and an it, off-road race. It's one of those things that you have to then make rules about what counts as being a road. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. If you're saying something's a road race, then what is a road? Yeah, I'm See, not... I would love that because people would be saying, like, oh, I got a marathon PP. I was like, oh, road marathon? Yeah, technically not. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose if it's if it used to be a road marathon, then you'd have a really fast off-road marathon yeah. PB. Or multi-terrain like, marathon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, compared to like proper like multi-terrain what yeah. we you know more might think of as more multi-terrain it's like a race near us a 10k with a 200 meter um decline in it and people tell you that as their pb i'm just like no it's not a pb no, no. 200 meters downhill it's yeah. not a pb no. <laughs> your face. finally uh, a dude has completed a hundred mile ultra in jeans and brogues after his airline lost his bags Oh, and it was also over four days and dropped to minus 25 degrees. This is awesome. Like, And the pictures on the, on the article are really great as well. Why wouldn't you just not do that race? Well, people were, runners were offering the, him their spare kit as well. But yeah. I think he just... No one committed. offered him shoes, apparently. Or oh, trousers. really? Oh, was that the... Well, if he had well, jeans on. This, but people were in the article. I couldn't quite make it out What you know whether I've missed something in the article there when I was skimming over it, frantically yeah. preparing for this episode. But... Um, yeah, I could see the pictures, and they did say someone that runners were like offering, you know, all their kit and stuff to him, you know, their spare kit. But I think maybe in his head he was like, "Oh, we'll just roll with it." Just you yeah. know, I suppose with shoes, yeah, maybe no one had the right shoes for him. But... Yeah, it was in like Kazakhstan as well, so I doubt he could go out and uh, pick something up. From Can the you local imagine shop. the chafing? Oh, in jeans. 20, minus twenty five degrees in I, jeans. I don't like sitting on the sofa in jeans. Let no. alone like doing all it's that. Too chilly for you. Too too much. It's too. It's too. Everything's too much, isn't it? In jeans, it's like as soon as I'm through the door, the jeans are off. Have like, you got very you know? sensitive legs. <laughs> so it's just like who's, if you sit around in jeans at home, you're a fucking psychopath. That's all I'm saying. Literally, everyone does that. No, it's okay. Just you. Tweeters. This is going to be the next poll. Okay, yeah, next goes. poll. Do you sit around at home when you just yeah you know, chilling? I'm not wearing jeans now I even. Am. Yeah, I'm but like you're a normal like, person. <laughs> do you sit around in jeans in your own in your very own home? You know, where you just sat watching the TV, are you wearing jeans? That's what I want to know. You know, I I do have a similar rule for hotel rooms. I don't believe you should wear trousers in hotel rooms. That's a bit weird. As soon as you walk in, trousers straight off. It feels good. That's a bit weird. I hope no one's rooming with you at the Inverness. (laughs) I don't mind. That's fine. 
Now, um, we are talking about trail running in this episode as well a bit later on. We've just done some bullshit running news and we have very, very cleverly, as if we planned it, decided to talk about the Barclay Marathons as well, which just happened last week. Yeah, yeah. You knew that, didn't you? We were prepared. I lit- I did know that. I Didn't I even suggest it? Did I, you? Yeah. Well, I, I think you'd already done it, because oh. I hadn't looked at the show notes oh. at that point. But I did say, we need to talk about Barclay. But like two weeks ago, we said, oh, we'll talk about trail running uh, next time. Oh, yeah. And we didn't know Barclay No, I didn't, I didn't realise Barclay was no. happening. Right, No, I didn't pre-plan it that far in advance, no. no. Okay. <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know what the Barclay Marathons are, kind of instead of us explaining it, if you know what it is, you know what it is. If you don't know, go to Netflix type in Barkley, watch the documentary yeah. about it. I watched it again on Friday. It's amazing. Yeah, I rewatched it as well. Like, just very, very briefly, it's it's just mental. Yes. So you end up doing five loops um, and the, the routes, the sort of, sorry, the course changes every time. Yeah. So, um, so it's five loops. The loops tend to be, on paper, 20 miles, but they can be anything up to 26 miles, yeah. usually, uh, because obviously the course changes every time. Um, so if you complete three loops, it's considered a fun run. Sounds fun. Yeah, not me. You know, even like the that's not to say everyone that competes does the fun run. Like yeah. it's not, you know. But yeah, five loops to finish it, and the total elevation is equivalent to climbing Everest twice. So you might think like twenty minute, twenty miles on trail, you know, it's not too bad. Or you know, um, a uh, hundred miles in total if you're doing five yeah. loops. People do a hundred milers. No, this is insane. 130 miles, twice up Everest, really rough terrain, yeah. no markings, fully navigate, self-navigated, yeah. no GPS. I think it's 60 hours the whole thing. And it's a 60-hour yeah, cut-off as well. Yeah, 60-hour cut-off, yeah. So it's it's really, really tough. So um, 55% of Barclays have no finishers. Yeah. And this year, even, there were no finishers. Apparently, the um, the conditions were really yeah. bad this and year. And actually, only 15 people have ever finished yeah. in over... 25 30 years yeah and most 15 ye- people have finished yeah. and most years it's just one finisher when the the, um, the year the documentary was shot on netflix um in 2012 there was actually three finishes well spoiler alert sorry oh god oh, <laughs> <dude>. that. <laughs> well yeah so there were three finishes <laughs> but that's quite rare for barclays yeah yeah so it's a tough a tough race it's insane but it, the documentary is really interesting because all the sort of the different sort of traditions around it and all that sort of thing is, is quite um, quite cool. Yeah, it is monstrously bullshit. I mean, I know we're going to talk about documentary again now, but it's just like the things that when they do the loops, they come back into camp mm. uh, to refuel and restock and all that kind of thing. But the cuts people have on the legs because they go through yeah. so many brambles. Yeah. Like some of the, the guys' legs, are, they're just more cuts than skin. Yeah. It's horrendous what they go through. Yeah. And their feet, you know, all the skin is just falling off. Yeah. Just sloughing off their feet. It's so, so awful. And to even enter, you have to write an essay on why you want to run. No one knows really who to send that to. You just no. kind of have to know. And they always have, like, each year they have what's called a human sacrifice. Yes. So someone who they think cannot even possibly finish the first loop. Yeah. So <laughs> that would be me if I if I applied. I think, oh, yeah. I'm fine. You know, I've been doing ultras for all these years. This would be me, like, 10, 20 years down the line. Oh, I've been training hard. I finally, you know, I'm able to do Barclays, one of the most notorious yeah. races in the world. I get there and I'd be that human yeah, sacrifice. It's just kind of a normal runner, a normal, you know, decent yeah. runner, but are nowhere near. And a lot of them only do a couple of miles yeah. before they just have to turn back. Yeah, because they get, com- and then, you know, it's say like it's a 20 mile loop, they might do 30 just getting lost and yeah. stuff. And, it yeah. is. It's a completely insane race. Yeah. We had a tweet sent to us by Oliver Primus Oliver about Primus. Uh, Runner's World Report who uh, had been written by someone who'd never actually been to Frozen Head, where the race is, and didn't mention any of the women. 
Um, but actually, I looked later on, there was a separate article about Nikki Spinks. Now, she's a British runner, and she was touted as a really strong possibility for the first female finisher in Barclay history. Uh, not that many women enter by the looks of it. I think that might be, yeah, why there's sort of few. Because, you know, women tend to still do very well at mm. ultra running. So I think once the field gets um, shifted more towards more women being involved, I yeah. think there will be a woman finisher. However, she's like, you know, she is so hardcore. Yeah. Look at some of the things she's done are amazing. She had to pull out halfway through loop two. So she yeah. only got like 30, 35 miles in. Because yeah. the conditions were so bad. Yeah, yeah. A fantastic thing about one of the other women that entered, who was uh, Morgan McKay. She has recently set a world record for the fastest person, man or woman, to carry 100 kilos weight over 10k. She spotted there was a record, uh, but mostly done uh, off-road, cross-country, 153. She thought she'd have a go at 1 hour 50 and ran it in 1.34. That's mad. I mean, she gaffer-taped gym weights onto a backpack so the and one, ran with them. So the 1.53 was set by a man, was it during... Uh, like a cross-country race. Yeah. A hundred kilos! God, is she like a beast? Were there pictures of her? Is she, she like doesn't built look, like... She doesn't look completely massive. She's still a runner. Yeah, She's still an yeah, ultra yeah. runner. Yeah, but is she like... Like You've got to be pretty pinch. stacked. Yeah, you must be. I can't even lift kilos. that as like a deadlift, let alone no, like... I can't. No, like run with it and for 10K. Jesus. 134. I know plenty of people that haven't run a 10K in 134. No. You no. really hate that on your first 10K. Oh, oh I'm doing so well. This I is amazing. Move, like, I'm getting there. Gym. <laughs> and a woman with gym weights on her back. And you're like, one, two, three, four. A hundred? Come on. It's like a half marathon where you're overtaken by Elmo. And you think, oh, fucking Elmo. It's always Elmo, isn't it? And then like... And then there's some guy with like a fridge on his back or something, yeah, or I've, some dude dressed as Jesus with a giant cross, like. Dude. Yeah, I've seen that guy at Cardiff though. He cheats because he's got a wheel on his cross. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's got a wheel on his cross. It's not the same. Jesus is it? didn't have a wheel. No, Jesus didn't have a wheel. No. <laughs> so do you uh, do you think you could ever run Barkley? Do you think you could give that a go at some point? You know what? It's one of those that I would love to do, but I think, like I was saying, I think I would be the human sacrifice. You would have literally no chance. No, I, I don't want to be mean about it, but you, you would die. You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, right now. If they if they asked me right now to do it, I'd be like, "Fuck no!" But if like you know, twenty years down the line, you don't, you don't know what my life's gonna you, look you like. You could be then. one of the world's uh, top ultra runners, could you? I could be. You don't know in twenty could years. Be. I mean, at the moment, I can't even run thirty miles yes. without tripping up at mile four <laughs> and even thinking about going home. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Barkley, they say, is like the toughest race in the world. The the race that eats its own young. Mm. It is seriously bullshit. It's it's just properly completely insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. the longest race. It's probably not even the race with the most elevation. No. But it's overall, it's crazy. Okay, so on to more about trail running and the reasons why that's bullshit. Amy, have you got any more reasons why trail running is bullshit? I think the risk of injury yeah. is a good one to talk about. I mean, there's always... I mean, it's sort of a weird thing with trail running because in some ways there's a smaller risk of injury or reduced because... I find running on tarmac increases my risk of injury just yeah. because of the impact. And it's a different type of injury, though. Yeah. An impact yeah. injury on tarmac because every footstep is the same. Yeah. But you're going to twist your ankle at some yeah. point. Yeah. I think trail running is more about like human error and stuff rather than sort of... And trail running can really sort of build you up in terms of protecting from injury because you. I think you're using more of your body yeah. to like keep yourself stabilised and stuff. So 
all those sort of things. But yeah, I think for me, I'm just a giant pussy about these things. I'm constantly worried about slipping over or tripping. It's like even the slightest bit of mud, I'm walk- like not the yeah. slightest bit of mud, like mud that looks slippy because yeah. you know there's different sorts of mud. There are, yeah. Like slippy looking mud, I'm walking over because yeah. I am terrified of slipping over and twisting an ankle and like tree roots. Like I'm not very good at technical trail or anything that's yeah. sort of slightly arduous or looks a bit dodgy. I find I'm pretty good at running downhill. I really enjoy it. And so a lot of the time, mm-hmm. I did yesterday at one point, I just uh, saw a downhill. It was quite kind of rocky as well, but I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. Smashed it down the hill. Just had a little glance back and like, oh, everyone else has disappeared. And I, I do that quite a lot. I kind of just fly down the hill. I realise everyone else is like, oh, oh, careful, careful. I'm like, what are you doing, guys? God. I'm definitely better at uphill because like downhill, yeah. I'm just like, all this impact is going through mm. my knees. And I think like, a lot yeah. of it is experience. A lot of people yeah. just haven't done it. And I think yeah. you just really have to learn to do it. Yeah. So I always try and encourage people to run a bit quicker down the hill, it's fine. Especially if it's like trails you've done before as well, you can sort of yeah. you know which bits you can do and can't do. And I think, yeah, a lot of it is just practice, isn't it, and building yeah. your confidence. I was on a trail the other week and I very nearly twisted my ankle then. I just kind of caught it wrong. But I think, well, for someone who was behind me and they kind of jumped because they saw my foot go. But mm-hmm. luckily it just kind of bent my foot over my toes rather than twisted my ankle. Yeah. But it looked like a proper bad ankle twist. It was one of those mm-hmm. ones you have to go and go, oh, 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 because the adrenaline just goes yeah. and you're like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, no, it's fine, it's okay. And I have to like just calm myself down again after that. I suppose the other thing as well is the wildlife yeah. that I encounter. I remember once I was running an island and I was running through the um, Not Meal Down Mountains, which is a beautiful mountain mm-hmm. range. Um, and I was running up, you know, up the side of this mountain and then a massive ram just like walked out into my path and just stared at me. Oh, yeah. So not today. I <laughs> just like went, yeah, you're in went home. I was done. It was supposed to be like an eight mile run. It ended up being like a six mile run. So I thought, you know what? I'm all right. I'm just yeah. going to turn back. You just stay there. And it was funny. It's just like the silhouette of this ram just <laughs> stepped into the path and it was missed. It was quite atmospheric, but also terrifying don't fuck with a ram don't fuck with a ram no i was gonna say cow a lot of people are quite a bit scared of cows i'm not that fussed but i do i do remember i did talk about when i did a run a few months ago i talked about it on the podcast how i had to go through like a whole herd of them mm. to get to a gate that was actually quite scary because that was like because there were calves there um so yeah that was pretty bad also i had to walk through their shit up to my ankles that was pretty bad i do turn around for any sort of wildlife that's sort of yeah i do turn around for cows as well yeah i don't any a field full of cows no Running on narrow paths, that's really hard on, especially in a race for a trail run as well. Because there's kind of a couple of things there. One, where you've got people right behind you who obviously want to overtake you and you're just like, no, fuck off. I'm not moving out of your way. I'm staying on my path. I'm running the line I want to run. It's up to you to go around me if you can. But at the same time, when you're behind someone and you do kind of want to stay close to them, but obviously in trail running, you have to stay a few steps back because mm. you need to see what you're going to land on. Because if they suddenly move their foot at the last minute, you don't see, then you mm. can land on something pretty bad. Or they fall, you know, yeah. just tripping up over them. Yeah. So you like, try not to be too close to people. Also try and make sure people aren't too close behind you. I was more thinking like in terms of narrow paths, like paths are literally too narrow for like yourself as well. Like yeah, I, yeah. there's some places in West Wales, along the um, coastal path in West Wales. And I was running there um, last year and there were spots on there where it was the narrowest path ever. And because it was yeah. summer, it was all overgrown. So I couldn't really see it on a cliff edge. Yeah. Literally on a cliff edge. And at one point, I couldn't see where my feet were going because it was just overgrown sort of grass and stuff. And all that was protecting me from falling, like, to certain death was just this massive, like, bush. Like, just a bush. There's a bush there. So what are you worried about? Ter- there was points where I was, like, terrified and I had to stop and walk because I thought, this is not right. This is not safe. Like, what's going on? And it was, it was like, a, it was a trail. Not yeah. that you could see it very well. But yeah, I think 
paths like that where you're on the edge of a cliff or whatever and it's like a tiny you know one foot in but, front of the other literally sort that of is path. quite scary to be fair yeah, yeah. there's also uh, other runners are obviously always a problem on trail runs because you don't want to see other people when you're out on the trails no. but it's other runners who are kitted up like Killian Jornet just to go out in the woods I don't really understand that people that wear so much kit they've got a great big bag on they've got all their stuff on <laughs> what is that about Sometimes I worry I like I look like that when I'm like just running around Cardiff Bay. <laughs> you know, if I'm going on like a longer run, I've got all my kit on, my sunglasses, my hat, sometimes a bag if it's hot, yeah. and my, my water bladder in. But yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't get about the race yesterday. I was there in shorts and a t-shirt. SBC mm. was there in a vest. She actually became a mini local celebrity there. She was one of only, I think, two women out of the whole field of about 500 people that were wearing vests. Jeez. Everyone else was in like t-shirts, long sleeves, mm. coats. Oh, no. They had like three layers on, bags. I'm like, you're going to be jumping in the sea twice. Why have you got layers on? No, I don't get that in terms of layers. Yeah, like people wearing like a jacket You're going, you're going through the river. Yeah. People say, oh yeah, but you can take the jacket off, leave it on the beach and then put it back on. It's like, okay, so you put it back on and it's then it's wet. What's the point? I mean... What are you doing? It was like 14 degrees. It was actually really warm in the sun. I don't get jackets. I, the conditions would have to be really bad to catch me running in a jacket. I never. I don't have a running jacket because what's the point? You're just going to get wet. I have unless one... it's sealed up around yeah. the neck and the sleeves. It's going to be wet, and then you're just going to yeah. boil yourself inside anyway. Just get wet. I honestly. have one that I mainly actually wear for like a waterproof one that I mainly actually wear for commuting, not for actually running. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I bought it because of like you know for ultras where you yeah. need to have like a waterproof jacket yeah. on your kit. I think, oh, actually, you know? no, I do have a waterproof jacket because I have to have one yeah. for races yeah. that I intend to never use. Because that's the other thing, isn't it, on certain races, like especially ultras, where they've got like a massive like kit list, yeah. you know? And it's like, I suppose the ultra thing I can understand, but also the shorter races. Some so... of the fell races, yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing... Even in summer. Yeah, so I'm doing the, um, which is kind of understandable, so I'm doing a pen, uh, a race up and down Penavan. Um, mm. It won't be a race, I'll be, you know, I won't be racing it for sure. But like that's five miles or 13, so I'm doing the 13 miler, but the kit list is massive. And yeah. I kind of understand it because you're going up Penavalic and chains and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm just like, there is weight, like waterproof trousers and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, like Penavan, fair enough, because it, ha- it does have its own yeah, kind of weather yeah, yeah. up there. There's some of the hill races I've done that have been three or four miles long. You need the full kit. What, like waterproof trousers yeah. and stuff like that? That's Again, like... it's just in case you trip yeah. and you have to be on the hill for two hours <laughs> waiting for a helicopter or something. But I think a lot of time, to be fair, they do say... Bring all the kit with you, but you might not need to take yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. it's still a real pain. You have to take yeah. a whistle and a compass and all that shit. <laughs> a whistle. <laughs> Just blow like, no one around. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, I believe it's actually six blows on the whistle to oh, uh, signal your distress. Oh, God. Not just, ah, just like no. screaming. Six blows on the six whistle. Six blows. Oh God, I'd lose count like when I got to four if I was really distressed. Six? You'd lose like, count to six? If I, was, if I was that distressed that I need to blow a fucking whistle, I would lose count of four. I'd be like, oh my God, how many times have I blown it? Oh, you'd, you'd blow it four times. I'd be like, wait, someone's blown a whistle. No, there's only four. Don't worry about it. <laughs> keep going, lads. Let's go. That's the other signal for something completely different. A whole different thing. <laughs> Uh, someone did tweet us in to say as well, not realising your run is going to be as traily as you thought. So that is definitely an issue, isn't it? You go out for a nice easy run and then you're up to your knees in mud. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I know that too well. And you're thinking, why am I wearing road shoes? Like this was a mistake. Yeah. Do I turn back or do I carry on? And if, you, if it, especially if it's an out and back, because you're like, if I carry on, I've got to do all this again on the way back. Yeah, and you've I just d- gone up like a 200 metre hill as well. You think, yeah. oh, I'm probably a bit thirsty now. I should have taken some water. Yeah. And the last one, do you clean your trail shoes? This should be the next poll on, on Twitter, I think. Another one, yeah. Do you clean your trail shoes, yes or no? I think it's quite a controversial yeah. thing. I think, like I said, you know, if you at the point where you can't, you know, you're having to cut your laces off. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> maybe you need to clean your trail shoes. Uh, but in general, no. I see, I'm quite an advocate of not having clean trail shoes. But I no. would say, 
I do clean my trail shoes, but I don't have clean trail shoes. No, I'm more of a wait till the mud dries and bang them against the wall. Yeah. I might soak them in a bucket every now and then yeah. to get yeah. some of that because mine were really stiff before. So I might soak yeah. them in, but I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't clean them. I think if they're really stinky as well, like because yeah. I live in a flat, I've got to keep my trail shoes in the house. So yeah. it's kind of like if they had been covered in sheep shit or whatever, yeah. I'd probably clean them off. Yeah. But otherwise, they're not clean. I don't put them in the washing machine. Yeah. And you mentioned it again, where well, actually we have to finish on that one. You mentioned it just then. Shit. Yeah. A lot of yeah. remember what a lot of what you end up being covered with at the end of a run is shit. Yeah, exactly. You might think that's mud. It's not. <laughs> Spoiler alert: it's not. Yeah. So uh, thanks to tweets there from Brian, Mark, Gemma, and Liz for giving us a few pointers on that. And so that brings us to Amy. What is next bullshit for you? <laughs> Don't say you're building up your mileage. <laughs> Give us something. Tell oh, us something God. good. Are you doing right. something? If you're not doing anything, just say you're not doing anything. We'll I'm trying move on. to think because I always forget of what what I'm doing. This is just in general. Um, in life, I forget what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I am I am trying to do longer runs, like uh. you know. But hopefully, you know that thing of going out and seeing if my knee is actually completely fucked again yeah. or not. So that'll be something to talk about next time. Yeah. Whether I can actually run on my knee. Um, but no, that's it. So I mean, at the end of the day, um, the ultra marathon, my first ultra marathon, is on the first of June, which I know right now is scarily close. Yeah, like two months away, less than two months away now. So yeah, I think I'm just a bit bricking myself over that and keeping me awake at night a bit over that that I can't actually properly train for it at the moment. Cool. That was a bit sad, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> How about you, Stuart? <laughs> Not much at all for me. Oh. See, that's it. I Makes can keep it change. short. I yeah. keep it brief. I, I, I looked at my calendar. I've really got nothing much going on. Oh, wait, no, there is bullshit. I've just remembered. Liz, who we talk about on this podcast all the time, next week is going to be running our local park run, which is a two-lap course. She's going to be doing 13 laps of that park run. So she's not doing the park run 13 times. She's doing 13 laps of yes. the two-lap course. I mean, yeah, and you've done that course. Grangemore Park oh Run. Oh, my God. I love Grangemore Park Run. You have to love all park runs. I love all park runs equally. <laughs> Because uh, a lot of people I know go there. It's very lovely. I've done it over 50 times. It is not the prettiest park run. So how many... Because, you know, maths isn't my strong point. How many miles would that... That'll be 20 miles. 20 miles! This will be Liz's longest ever run by a long way. And her last big run before London. And so she's decided to do Grangemore Park Run 13 times. That's like something like you'd sentence someone to do if, you know... I mean, like, I was worried we need... torture. Yeah, I was worried we need to stage an intervention or something. Yeah. I'm like, Liz, are you, are you hurting yourself on purpose? It, you know, it goes against the Geneva Convention, if anything. It possibly does. I mean, to do it to yourself, though... Cruel and unusual punishment, I think. Yeah, so I'll be running some of that with her. I'm yeah. not doing 20 miles at Park Run. Come I, on. Is that... So that'll be on the Saturday? I think it'll be on the Sunday. On the Sunday. Okay, might, I might go along to that. That is batshit crazy, though, isn't that it? That is batshit crazy, yeah. Fair play to her, but yeah, totally batshit. Yeah, good I think I'll be along to that as well, so good luck, Liz. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can tweet us at runningisbs. Find us on Facebook, runningisbullshit, or send us an email, runningisbull at gmail.com. Is that the end? See you later, dudes. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> Do you actually keep those bits in? Sometimes, yeah. You, you don't listen to it, do you? So. I don't listen to it, no, because it's shite. No, I don't. <laughs>